You're listening to That's the Industry Podcast, episode number 46. Today, you're going to hear the journey of the first bald swimsuit model in Sports Illustrated history. Here we go. You're listening to That's the Industry with Thomas Jordan. That's the Industry with Thomas Jordan. The podcast that takes you inside all the aspects of the entertainment industry. Directly from the people who are making it happen. And now, your host, Thomas Jordan. What's going on, everyone? Thomas Jordan here for another episode. Today, we are joined by dancer and fitness instructor. She's also the first bald model in Sports Illustrated, Christy Baldessari. How's it going? Hey, Thomas. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for coming on. We're going to jump right into it. How did you get started in the industry? Good question. Um, I grew up in a ballet company, so I like lived and breathed dance. I had I was in um, rehearsals six nights a week and all weekends. So my entire high school was I didn't do any sports at at my school or wasn't really involved in extracurricular because I was so focused on dance because I was in a really intense. Um, ballet company. And then I wanted to pursue it after high school. So I went to Penn State and I was a dance major there. So that is how it all started, how I got into this industry. And I've now um, broken into more modeling and I'm a fitness instructor as well. But dance is like my passion and my love. And that's where it all started. And when did you realize that like that was your passion? When was your aha moment? It sounded like it started pretty young. Yeah, my dad always um, tells the story that he was my basketball and soccer coach. And he would always say that when we had to go to basketball or soccer practice, he would be like dragging me out the door to get there. But if it was dance rehearsal or dance class, I would be like, come on, dad, we got to get there. We got to go. Like I was the one that was like very on it and trying to get there on time because I loved it so much. So that was honestly probably when I was like in seventh or eighth grade. So like, what is that? 12 or 13 years old. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so when you were, what type of dance is it? Was it like more ballet? I don't know if like, cause I have no, I have two. just to, I am the whitest person ever with no (laughs) rhythm and two left feet that are mounted in cement. So it looks like you need to come to one of my dance classes then Thomas. (laughs) That would take an obscene amount of tequila because (laughs) because I'm telling you my moves are, I don't know. I don't know if I'm coachable. I don't know. That's great. Well, tequila, bring it on and we'll have a damn party. But I grew up in a ballet company. So a lot of it was um, very, very ballet focused and point focused. And then when I was in college, it was um, very modern. And I, of course, did jazz and um, hip hop and contemporary within that. And then when I, after college, I moved to New York and it was very much more commercial. So very more hip hoppy. Same with Uh, living out in LA, but it all, Mm. it really started from little tutu in ballet. Can, and when I think of ballet, besides the tutus, I think of women standing on their toes, (laughs) like the, what is that called? And can you do it? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Wow. That's funny. Um, it's called point. So, um, yeah, I can do it. I, I've, I've done point for like, since I was like, I think 12 and yeah, it's literally standing on top of your toes and it's like a box under your, pretty much on the top, under your toes that you're standing on. And 
yeah, it's pretty hard, but uh, I've done it for so long. So it's not, it's second nature to me now. But I know that's funny. Everybody associates that with ballet. And really, that's what, that's how every ballet performance is normally on point. So how do you not, how do you train to do something like that? And then how do your toes not snap in half? Yeah. Well, the training you have to, um, it's like strength training as well. So I remember you have to be like a certain age, or at least in my company, we had to be a certain age before we started. And it's like very, very basics that you're like holding onto a bar, you're rolling through your feet. Um, we had like a stretch, a stretch and conditioning class. So to strengthen our ankles and our legs and all that. So it's definitely like cross training to kind of prepare for that. And then it's just time and time again, day after day practicing it. And yeah, your toes kill and they, sometimes they're bloody and they have, um, cuts and whatnot, but it's worth it in the end, they say. <laughs> <laughs> and then as the years go by, as like dance evolves too. So how does, and I'm sure has, uh, when you were doing ballet, has that translated into hip hop dancing as well in any way, shape or form? Yeah, of course. Now that I live in LA and, um, it's w much more commercialized, um, and same with the nature and the industry of dance now. Uh, it's very, I dance in heels a lot. So uh, a lot, which is like a whole other thing besides point. Like now you're dancing the other way. Your heels are way far up in the air. Um, and I think having ballet training, definitely that's the root of all dance. So it definitely has benefited and helped me with just like uh, the flow, the core control, having um, control over your arms and like the different positions. So every, really every dance style is rooted in this in that I've done is rooted from ballet. So it's definitely paid off. Yeah. And I'm sure it helps with balance too, because you hear football players all the time. They take ballet as well. Yeah. I was just watching Glee, you know, the show from back in the day. I was yep. just watching that the other night and it was the episode where the, they were making the football players do ballet. And I was like, yes, everyone needs ballet. Whatever you're doing in your life, you need ballet. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So, but, um, so, and like I said, I'm so jealous of people who can actually dance. Cause like, it's, it's like, I'd love to, but it's just, Hey, like, don't give for, up your dreams. <laughs> don't give up. <laughs> but how, how long do you think, I know there's gotta be people you've worked with before that are literally starting from zero. Yeah. So is it, and they have no rhythm, never been in a dance class. I can like, just thinking about walking into a <laughs> studio full of professional dancers just makes me want to crawl up in a ball under a right. desk. So how, how would you train somebody with literally zero experience? Well, I agree that it it's, uh, definitely can be very scary to walk in if you've never done it, but that's with anything. I think a lot of it comes from like practice and feeling good and comfortable in your body and understanding, like as a dancer, I'm so in tune to my body. And um, so I think that's, it just comes with practice that someone has, to, they can get better at it. Um, but I think it comes from like understanding musicality and like hearing the rhythm and, and like being able to clap on the beat. And then kind of a lot of it is weight distribution. So it's really just like get, uh, getting rid of the fear and going for it. So when you're in LA, I'm going to teach you Thomas. Oh, <laughs> now that we've had this combo. <laughs> and if you had to teach me one day, like what would we start with besides like count? Like I know that there's counts and you got I hope your patience level is huge because I'm telling you. <laughs> <laughs> what would yeah, I but, teach you? Yeah, I, what would... 
Yeah. Or uh, would we just dive into like, you know, <laughs> one of those trendy moves like a Dougie or like oh, a Roger with, Rabbit or something? I, I was thinking diving right into learning, teaching you how to twerk. <laughs> oh, jeez. No, I would I got, start with like a step touch or like something basic so you can kind of like feel the rhythm and uh, kind of just, I mean, it is scary. And people like, you know, people are um, feel fearful to it's kind of vulnerable to like show your vulnerable side of like, you're not talking, you're just moving with your body. And it's, it can feel scary because we're so used to communicating by our voice, you know? So dance is literally communication without talking. So we would would start with a step touch. Good to know. Good to know. (laughs) (laughs) And you, you, you mentioned that you have to also be in really good uh, shape for this. So what type of training uh, do you do as well? And you do it for personal and for, it sounds like for business as well with dancing. Yeah. Yeah, So I have always really since high school, I've always um, uh, run. I lift weights. I do like uh, different hit workouts. I'm currently injured with a back injury, so I haven't in four months, but I, I, it's pr- uh, uh, everything. I feel like I really do. I love to run. I love to do like squats and lunges and free weights and cardio. Um, so I definitely do that because I love it, but I also, it goes hand in hand with having a modeling and dancing career, um, being in tip top shape and feeling my best really. And dancing, I've watched dancing with the stars a handful of times and you see, you hear all the time on how much of a workout that that does as well. Is that a different, I know you're not lifting weights, but that's gotta be like cardio times 10, right? Oh yeah. Dancing or uh, dancing with the stars. That's my, um, that's on my vision board. Like that's my dream to be on that show. But, um, I love that show, but yeah, dancing is definitely, uh, definitely a lot of cardio. Yeah. It's not lifting weights, but it's, and it's also, I've noticed with dance, when you're doing a full out dance routine, you're, it's not like you're running and you're like looking ugly and like breathing heavy. Like you have to be performing. So you are moving, doing all this movement while keeping like a poised, um, upper body and, uh, and, uh, and facials on your face. So you have to be like very put together while you're, because it's a performance while you're doing this crazy cardio, while you're remembering this crazy choreography. So there's a lot of layers to it for sure. Oh yeah. Lots of moving parts because yeah. I think it's easy for just about anything. It's like with musical instruments too. You see somebody on stage, it's like, oh, that looks pretty easy. I could do that. Right. And then you sit and try it. You're like, wait, what was that? <laughs> of course. Yeah. But so, and is that, so as a, as a dancer, you mentioned that being on Dancing with the Stars is uh, a goal for you. What else, uh, what other goals do you have for your dance career as well? Is it, you know, being back up for maybe a uh, musician or what are, what are usual goals for dancers as well? Definitely back up for uh, big artists. I don't know if I necessarily want to go that route anymore. I did for a while, but I want to create my own um, dance group, dance company that gets to perform around the country. Like I can like envision that someday owning and creating and choreographing for, I don't know, a group of like five or six women and we get to perform wherever kind of thing. Just because when you are a backup, uh, you're not the star and I want to be the star. So I want to <laughs> create my own, you know, with, with, but keeping um, dance and my message of like empowerment and believing in yourself and being your own beautiful in within my, um, that's what I envision within the company that I hope, hopefully will one day own. 
And when you say a group of women, almost like a dance crew, I almost, I just picture dance battles. Like that's all I picture. Is that, is that a, is that a thing? You guys are just going to go like challenge people or like, how's that going to work? Well, that could be a whole twist on it for sure. Like we could bring you in for that, Thomas. You could get you and your guys and we could go against you. But I was more thinking like performing at different venues, um, wherever we can really of, of the six, however many of us. Yeah. Yeah. Well, if I'm telling you as much as I would love to do that, I want you guys to win, not lose. So, <laughs> but, <That's fair. laughs> and I know you guys do so many things and we, you know, I'm, uh, I mentioned that you were the first bald model in sports illustrated. Now, were you, how were you discovered? Yeah, I, um, it was like uh, a year and a half ago, they had an open audition, open casting. And I remember seeing it the year prior, my friend did it. And it's really just creating a video and posting on Instagram and tagging them and like uh, explaining who you are, what you believe in, all that. And I remember seeing my friend do it. And I had um, just lost my hair at the time and I was wearing a wig, but my hair was growing back underneath the wig. And I remember seeing her video and being like, wow, I want to do this so bad, but I can't do it until my hair grows back. So I'm not going to do it. I'm just going to wait till my hair grows back because I just never, ever, ever could even grasp onto the idea of doing it bald because no one knew about my hair loss at the time. And then a year goes by and I see it again and my hair is growing in, growing in, growing in. And then it fell out, out of nowhere. I had all these hopes and dreams of having my hair back. And then it fell out again, out of nowhere. And I was like, that's it. I'm making this video and putting myself out there. And I made a video taking my wig off on the beach and submitted it. And next thing you knew, I was down in Miami and I made it to the top 17 and I got to walk on the runway and take my wig off on the runway, which was one of the best moments of my life. And then I, I got to be in the top six, meaning that I was shooting in SI, shooting for SI uh, last February in Turks and Caicos. And now I have um, a centerfold in the 2020 magazine. That is awesome. So real, real quick, when they, when you sent in that, uh, the tape and then you got, you know, a message back from them, what, what emotion were you feeling at that point? Um, I remember getting the email that said, we want you to come to the second round. So it was just like, we want you to come down to Miami and skip the first round. And I, looking back, I wasn't like, Oh my God. I was like, I'm just going for it. I'm not even going to put emotion to it. I'm just going to get on this plane, do my best, put my best uh, foot forward and go for it. I, I don't, I didn't like celebrate that moment. I just was like, got kind of kept my head down. I was like, okay, I'm going for this. I'm going to make the best of it. I'm going to do the best I can. Um, but yeah, so that's how I felt when I first got the first uh, little excitement email. Yeah. So was your celebration when you were walking down the runway and threw your, got to take your wig off. Was that, was that the celebration moment where it kind of all came together and all like the emotions and feelings just all at once? Oh yeah. When, um, so it was, uh, my first time in, in this was, it's Miami swim week. It happens every year. And it was my first time down there. So the SI runway show is like filled with people, like hundreds of people. And, uh, we, me and the editor decided I'm going to take my wig off on at the end of the runway. And it was like this moment of like, screw you to anyone that's ever made me feel not good enough to the industry, to agents that have turned me down. Um, 
to the feelings that I used to feel about myself. It was just like a screw you moment. So liberating, so freeing and so powerful. Like I want everyone to have moments like that because that has shifted and changed my career, how I feel about myself, my lifestyle, my happiness, like from that moment. So that was definitely a big, big old celebration that day. Yeah. Were there tears? Uh, after I walked off the runway, I went backstage and I like had to change into my next outfit to go on again. And I was like, I took a second and I looked at myself in the mirror. I met my own eyes in the mirror and I was like, I teared up and I was like, I just did that. Like I just ripped my wig off. And literally a year prior to this, no one knew about my hair loss. Like I was so freaked out and so fearful and so scared to share this vulnerable side of me. And then I just did it and I ripped it off in front of everyone. So it was, yeah, there were tears. There were so many emotions. Like, and I want to always remember that because that has like fueled me forward into where I'm, where I'm at now, you know? Yeah, definitely. Did you, um, did the crowd go crazy when that happened? Oh yeah. And a couple girls that I had met that weekend were in the audience, like screaming, like, yeah, Christy. Like it was, it was great. The audience was crazy. And I was like whipping the, um, wig over my head, like strutting, like it was no one's fucking, or no cursing. Sorry. You're you're good. Okay. I didn't know, but it was like no one's business. Like I was just owning that wig in my hands. Like I was holding like a balloon. Like I was it's acting so normal that I was holding all this hair in my hands. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, you please tell me you like have footage of that moment or of something. Course, that, yes. Okay. <laughs> okay. I was going to say, if you're ever feel, I feel like that's one of those things where it's like, you hope the camera is rolling. Oh, if you're yeah. ever having like a bad day or something, you can always go back Aww. to that moment and, you know, look at it. Relive it. Definitely. That's super cool. So what's it like? Well, actually, before we start talking about kind of what it was like working with Sports Illustrated, when did you first start losing your hair? And like, how how did it happen? Yeah, it was uh, like four years ago. I found a little over four years now. Wow. Um, But I found a little tiny bald patch on the top of my head, uh, like two weeks after I graduated college. And I remember being like, this is nothing. It's going to go away. It's from the sun. I just kind of wrote it off and kept going on with my life. And then I found another one. And then I found another one, little bald patches over my, around my head. And I had just graduated, like I said, and I was moving to New York to pursue dance. And I was in a toxic relationship and the anxiety and the stress of, I believe that's what it seems like what I was going through with that was causing my hair to fall out. So yeah, and then it kind of would grow in and fall out and grow in and fall out. And then I had broken up with my ex, my boyfriend at the time, and I was like single, ready to uh, be happy again and like create this life in New York. And then I booked my dream job on a cruise ship as a dancer. It's like all I wanted to do at this point in my life. I wanted to be a dancer on a cruise ship and I booked it. And then within like, I think it was six weeks of... The con of being on the cruise, they fired me out of the blue because I stood out, and that's all I was ever told. And then, in three weeks from then, my hair completely fell out, and I was bald from the stress of the being fired. But um, yeah, so now I've been bald for like, like I said, it was growing in a little bit after that. But yeah, for the past two years, I've been totally bald. And, um, we do have a mutual friend, Abby Wren, who is on the podcast as well. Um, she has a form of alopecia. Is that, 
kind of, is that the same as what you have or was it just stress related or? Oh no. Yeah. Oh my God. Love Abby. Shout out to Abby. But I, um, it's the same. Yeah. I have alopecia. I, I personally don't love the word because it feels like it's, I, I mean, it is defined as like an autoimmune disease and I don't really love to put my name to that. Um, just because I, I hate that it's, I just want bald to be normal and not like, Oh, what do you have? Why are you bald? You know, but yeah, for, for education and to spread awareness about it, it is alopecia and it it's the most confusing autoimmune disease, if you will, that has ever existed because yeah, you really don't know. Well, I don't know all the autoimmune diseases. I'm sure they're all confusing, but it is, feels very confusing because it's, you don't really know why it can grow in, it can fall out. You can have your eyelashes, you can have your eyebrows and then in a month they can be gone. So it's, it's a damn roller coaster, but yes, it is called alopecia. Yeah. And I, especially as a female, like I, I feel like your hair almost not defines you, but it's a very, like I've met tons of women who pride themselves on their hair. And when yours, you know, started when it first started to fall out and then it just really started to fall. Like, what were you feeling at that moment? Was a lot of stress anxiety? Was it like, Mm -hmm. you know, did you almost feel like you were kind of falling apart at all? (laughs) Oh my God. (laughs) Yeah. What a good way to put it. That's exactly how I felt. I mean, my relationship had fallen apart. My career felt like it was falling apart. And now my looks are going to be taken from me. Like it totally felt like I was falling apart. And it's a, it's such a good point that us as females, we really do put a lot of value in this society and the world we live in on our looks. And, um, it's, it's really hard to be a woman in this industry and in my twenties, um, to be, lose my hair where everybody around me just naturally, because the world we're in, uh, kind of defines themselves by their hair and their, and, and being beautiful is having big voluptuous hair and curly hair and blonde and this and that. And when I am in the shoes of, I don't have hair and I don't have a choice, but to not have hair. And, um, I'm around that. It can definitely be disheartening because I, I, I mean, I'm the same person I was when I had hair, you know? Um, so yeah, it's, it's definitely, it felt like I was falling apart for sure. And I, I hate that there's so much emphasis on women's looks because you can see, uh, 800 bald men and no one really blinks an eye, but if you see a bald woman, um, it's definitely a different experience. And I want to bridge that gap and make it less weird that there's bald women because it's way more common than we think. We just carry so much shame with it because we're afraid to open up and share that, but there's way more bald women in the world than we think. Yeah. And that's the thing. It's just, it, it's, it's fascinating to me. Like, that's what I said, like Abby's story, your story and how everything happens and mm-hmm. like just being educated about it. Um, but whether it's hair loss or anything else, I feel like people get into these, uh, like almost like a depressive state. So like when everything was happening to you and you were at your lowest, how did you get out of that hole? How did you yeah. like start to like come out of it and just, Yeah. That's a good question. Um, I was just talking about this with my friend the other day, because when you're feeling that low and you're like at rock bottom, um, a lot of people feel that way. And I, I want to like really drive home that when you're at your lowest, you have to find it somewhere in you to believe that it can only go up. It can't, if you have hit rock bottom, it cannot get any worse at this time. So even though it's really hard to see that when you're in, in that position, but for me, at that point, when I was at that low point, 
I moved across the country because I wanted nothing. I, I lived in Philly with, uh, uh, after I was fired from the job, I was like, I have to restart because I was living in uh, Philly with my parents and I was like, I have to restart. So for me, I literally picked up, grabbed two bags and flew across the country and restarted. So I didn't know anyone that knew my ex. I didn't know anyone that knew me with hair. I was like creating and starting this entire new life out here. I was restarting my career, getting a new agent, like restarting everything out here. Um, so that for that moment, that was, and it was so clear to me in my mind, like something kept telling me, you need to go to LA, you need to go to LA. And I really listened to that. And I'm so grateful that I did. And that sounds like being very self-aware and also listening to your gut where I feel like it's a skill in itself. Do you feel like it's super important to, for people to be very self-aware and listen to their gut feeling regardless? I, yeah. I agree. Being self-aware can really, really carry you far in life. Like truly like knowing yourself, knowing and listening to yourself, like taking a second to mute out everything and like thinking about what you want. And it's not easy. I mean, I had a small bank account and I booked a flight and didn't have a job out here or an apartment to live in. I was staying with my friend, would go out apartment searching every day, job searching every day. Um, but I needed something different than where I was at. So it's not like I, I moved to LA and it was all glamorous and happy or lucky. I woke up and I was happy. I was bald. And now I'm at the place I'm at. Like it, it there was a, a whole roller coaster of emotions through the transition of moving across the country and, and, uh, having a whole new look and a whole different lifestyle now. So yeah, that to answer your question. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a lot, but it, if you can really listen to who you are in, on the inside, it is speaking to you. You know, if you can take the, take the willpower and the focus to tune in to what your body, what your heart, what your mind's telling you, you got to follow that and screw what your parents say, screw what people around you say, like screw the expectations that you've had for yourself. Like just take it day by day and listen to your heart and what you want, because it's your life at the end of the day. Uh, I completely agree with you. Do you feel like, I feel like what you just said could be clipped into some form of motivational speech or whatever. Yes. Have you, have you given that speech before? Yeah, I, um, <laughs> hell yeah, get that soundbite. <laughs> but I, um, yeah, I've spoken at, um, USC, I've spoken at Penn state and then I've spoken at different stuff now online, but I feel really strongly about this stuff because I have lived it, um, firsthand and, I think it's it's refreshing, especially go, after going through something. It's refreshing to hear um, people's advice who have also gone through something that's somewhat relatable. Maybe it's not hair loss. Maybe it's not a bad breakup, but something um, that you can relate on the emotions. You know, I, I feel like I can really, uh, I really get value out of people who have lived experiences and are there to provide their wisdom after they've gone through it or they're going through it. Yeah. Do you not find that interesting that regardless of the story, whether it's depression, mm -hmm. hair loss, job loss, some form of like, uh, so if something isn't going well or whatever, it's rock bottom for different people that no matter what, it's all connected through almost the exact same emotion. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's true that although you don't haven't lost all of your hair, I'm, I'm sure you've gone through stuff that you can relate to feeling like you're at rock bottom. Like there's no way out to feeling like you're depressed, you're sad, you can't change what's happening to you or whatever, you know, you're right. Emotions are emotions that people we can relate to and have these human connections with because 
we've been through something that we we understand each other. And it's also having empathy to understand that people are going through different situations that we've probably have felt similar emotions to what they are feeling. Yeah. And what's the most impactful conversation you've had to have with somebody who is in a similar space as you or somebody who was in your shoes at some point? Oh, wow. Yeah. I have a lot of, um, or is there one that just, yeah, one that just stands out where you're just like, Oh, right in the feels. Oh, wow. Like, uh, uh, in the feels about me or what they're going through about what they're going through. Yeah. Um, let me think. I can't really think uh, specifically, but some, some women will message me and say like, if it wasn't for you, I don't know if I would be here. I really, uh, yeah, I really value your, um, how inspiring you are and your positivity and how you just make the best of the situation. And, but then again, some women are messaging me, like, I can't even take my wig off in front of my husband. Like, I'm so ashamed and I'm so sad and I don't know what to do. Like, can you have any words of advice to give me some confidence? And I'll just say, like, understand that it's okay to be sad. It's a traumatic loss, losing your hair, losing your, a part of your identity, losing your look. It's a traumatic loss. So I really think there's a lot of value in allowing yourself to be sad but knowing that be sad today, but tomorrow wake up and kill it and do something that makes you happy. Listen to a good song, eat something that makes you happy, like surround yourself with people that make you happy. Um, so I, I do think there's value in, um, owning the sadness and owning, like we're just talking about owning and being self-aware of the emotions, not putting them, brushing them under the carpet, like thinking about them. And also, I also tell everyone I talk to that, um, writing down something that you're grateful for, talking about something you're grateful for, uh, telling people or having a conversation or in within yourself, writing it down, things you're grateful for that I swear can keep your, your head, you, you level headed, keep your feet on the ground when you're going through something as traumatic as losing your hair. If you can still appreciate and think, although it sucks, like I'm not taking away anything of that because it absolutely sucks. But on the other side, if you can write down, oh, I'm grateful that I have an apartment to live in. I'm grateful that I have a spouse. I'm grateful that I have a best friend or I'm grateful that I have for this breakfast or this bed I'm laying in or whatever it is. Like if you can counterbalance the trauma and the sadness with something you're grateful for, I think it, I believe that it can level, level the emotions a little bit. Yeah. And that's the thing. It's just now, and that's some powerful stuff too. Cause, mm-hmm. But I just know when people are in that low, I feel like it's almost, it feels impossible mm-hmm. that to get out of that. But, and I hear a lot of people say, you know, that they have uh, gratitude journals and things like that. And it, I think when people first hear that, it sounds a little hokey and woo woo. Mm-hmm. I swear to you that it's just like, I, I totally agree. I do the same thing. And yeah. to really just take back and realize what you are truly grateful for like your health or right. your family. Cause some people don't have either. Um, right. and also turning your, what you consider a weakness into a strength. Like yeah. you, you, that video of you ripping off your wig and throwing into that was mm-hmm. like, like your moment. That was like, but see, it's like for other people, I feel like they need to, I feel like they, there's like a subconscious part of them that knows what to do or something they've always wanted to do in the back of their head. And it's like, they're too scared to do it, but it's just somehow to figure out a way to let them just let it out. Like the lady kind of what you were talking about with her husband, there's gotta be something, you know, and just like own it. And just, like I said, your weakness could be your best, 
best strength, if that makes sense. Oh, that's what I say all the time, uh, turning your pain into your power. Exactly what you're saying, the strength or the weakness into strength. Like as much as it sucks in the moment, like someday, sometime, it's going to, uh, there's going to be a silver lining. There's always going to be a blessing in it. But it's, it's hard to get there. But that's why I have created a, a community of women with hair loss. That's why there are communities of people. That's why there's the beautiful thing of social media that you can go on there and see someone else dealing with the same struggle and feel a little less alone, you know? So I believe that uh, relationships and connections with other people have lifted me out of dark places. So I want to be the same for other people who are going through whatever it is they're going through. And I think community is super important, regardless if you're in Los Angeles, New York, Atlanta, Idaho, right. whatever. Um, the What is the importance of surrounding yourself with good and positive people? Right. I, I mean, it's. I believe that it can be life-changing if you are like, it's so it's so awful to be around people that are like dragging and negative and looking at the glass half empty rather than half full, like to be around people who are like up and full of life and supportive and happy for you and, uh, let you be you. That's like such a a statement too. Like, I feel like in my past, I have been around people that don't fully let me express who I am. Like, let me be this crazy, wild, fun girl that I am. Like I value people in my circle that let me be the way that I am. And I think that, and feeling that comfort, knowing that they don't care how crazy or whatever it is, that how, how I'm being, um, opens up the door for vulnerability for me, or if it's someone else to express what they're going through and knowing that you're going to have support regardless. That's like when I was, uh, deciding to open up about my hair loss, I would start to tell people, um, slowly and kind of like gauge their reaction. And every reaction was always beautiful. It was always, you're so strong. You're so inspiring. I had no idea. Like I really look up to you. You're so, you have so much strength and surrounding myself with those people made it not easy. Cause it's not, it wasn't easy to share, to open up about being bald, but it made it a little less hard. I'd say knowing that I had people in my corner. And how are the people uh, in your corner at sports illustrated? Yeah. Uh, Sports Illustrated is a, an amazing, just such an amazing brand to work with. Uh, they, like what I was just saying, they really saw me for me and allowed me to, um, be exactly who I am. And it never once was, I mean, I have done different jobs or different agencies that I've been with had made me feel like being bald was weird and I should wear a wig. And like, I don't know how that's going to be interpreted and blah, 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 all that bullshit. And SI, it wasn't even a question. Like, it wasn't like, oh, Christy, the bald girl, or or I I never felt different or like I stood out or weird or there was something wrong with me ever with working with them. It was always just like, this is her look. This is how she is. It doesn't need to be discussed. It it was just like, even when I was getting my makeup done for the shoot that day, um, the makeup artist was like showing me how many eyelashes. I was so self conscious about not having many eyelashes. And he was like, no, you have a ton. And was just making me feel so appreciated for the point that I was at in my life, you know? Yeah. And so how does it usually work with sports illustrate? Cause I, I honestly have no clue. So do you, is it a, a contract thing or is it like, uh, are you uh, exclusive to them only or how does it work? 
So I um, entered through an open casting. So that was just for last year. So um, in the years to come, it depends. It's there's no contract really. It was just uh, in this that year I was in the magazine. So it depends uh, for the future. And well, I'm sure when you were there, you did, you know, did your networking thing, I hope. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> You're like, who, who do you think I am, Tops? Who do you think? Come on. <laughs> uh, did you, um, when you, and when you do network, um, what are some networking tips while you're at, uh, while you were there? Um, be yourself, put yourself out there. Uh, you got one chance. So talk to everybody, be friendly to everyone. Um, make everyone feel appreciated because this, it takes a village to do, at least I'm talking about when I was in Turks and Caicos. I mean, we didn't have, it, we were supposed to have a, um, what's it called? A launch party, but because of COVID there wasn't a launch really. So, um, my last experience in person was when I was on the shoot in Turks and Caicos and in any shoot, in any situation, um, I am always trying to connect to everyone, whether it's the person that's holding the umbrella for me when it's too sunny or the person that's taking my photo or the person that's bringing us uh, a meal. Like I always am trying to connect and make them feel appreciated because all of this couldn't go on without them. So in, in a networking situation, I just like everyone wants to feel heard and um, understood. So I and I value that. Uh, people make me feel that way. So I try always to make everyone that I'm um, crossing paths with uh, appreciated and heard. And we talked to, we just talked about some good networking tips. What are some bad networking tips? Like as in don't do this while you're there, regardless of where you're at. Okay. Don't be annoying. <laughs> That's for starters, but don't act out or don't like, in, in that situation, um, or I guess in some situations you can be, uh, there's alcohol, like don't get crazy with that. Like, remember you're there for a job. Um, or if it's in any uh, professional setting, like just keep in mind, like what your goal is and, uh, keep going with that. I, other bad networking things would just talking about yourself too much, not being grateful. Um, not, not saying thank you. Like in every job ever, I always am trying to be aware of like being grateful and thankful to everyone that's helping. Like I said prior, but yeah, I guess bottom line, don't be annoying. <laughs> <laughs> and did you deal with any type of ego for whether it's from people, other models or from people maybe even behind the scenes? With SI, absolutely not really. No, which is every, a blessing. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I was going to say that. I feel like that's, you hear about it, whether, you know, in all spaces, whether it's acting, dancing, like, you know, I once had a roommate who was a video editor at a really big, big uh, production house. And, mm -hmm. you know, I had to put him in check a couple of times. It's like, bro, like, you're good, but like, let's pump, yeah. let's pump the brakes. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. When you are around someone like that, I'm just like, Oh, can you just let your your work speak for you? Like you do not need to have all this yappity yap 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 and this freaking uh, arrogance about you. Like I just believe let your work, let your passion speak for you. That's that's what um really matters. Like you could be and also at the same time like I was watching this interview with Ariana Grande and there's nothing that makes anyone better than anyone else. It's just you're a little bit further on your career or you're in a different career, but we're all humans. So like 
sit the hell down and realize that you are an equal to everybody else. <laughs> and when you're on set um, and you're doing the shoot, do you have the same rush on a shoot as a something, whether uh, you're on stage dancing, is it the same or is it a little bit of difference? Oh, what a good question. Um, I would say it's a little different just because I have danced for so long. So, uh, and that, and I'm, yeah, I think it's a little different because dance is very, because I grew up dancing. Um, I'm very critical on my dance because I want it to be perfect. Whereas modeling, I have gotten into modeling more in the past few years, given my hair loss situation. Um, and it's more of like an a, a, a ma- automatic kind of what's going on? Am I looking good? Am I having the right pose? Am I, are my eyes squinting? Like so many different little things in my body I'm thinking about. Whereas dance, I'm trying to perform and hit the, hit the note, uh, hit the moves. Um, so it's, it's a, it's a similar thrill, but if we're going in deep into my brain, I'm like definitely thinking different things while doing di- the two different things. And I know with dance, there's so <laughs> there's literally moving pieces. Um, with modeling, I feel like some people just—it's one of those things where that looks so easy. Would you say when people say that, or you hear people say it, what kind of goes through your head? Yeah, I definitely think that there's um, a little stereotype around modeling, but um, let's try you—you you do it if, if someone out there has that has that opinion about it because it's not easy. It's not easy. There are so many factors that play into it. The lighting, the angle, what you're, what you're wearing, your facials, your body, like there are so many factors that play into it. So it's easy for someone who's never done it to say that given anything, but no, there's a lot more things that go into it. And also it's not like you just show up on this shoot day and you shoot. Like if it's, I mean, for personally, for me, when I was prepping for SI, like I was working out, I was watching what I was eating, I was drinking a ton of water, like there's a whole prep period before a big shoot. Yeah. And even I know with like your head, whether you're putting your head out and chin down, like to the left, to the right, like there's just so many, uh, little, and, uh, to be clear, the only reason I know that I saw it on TikTok, it's amazing what (laughs) you can learn on there. So you're just like, okay, he knows, he knows like, nah, nah. (laughs) TikTok is the one. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Um, but it's like, do you, and you, and I I think you, you teach dance, right? Yeah. I teach, I've been teaching for forever for like the past like 12 years. Um, but now with being, uh, quarantined COVID, I've been teaching online little kid dance, but yeah, I love teaching. I love it so much. It's so fulfilling. Well, the reason I ask about that is because are you teaching fitness and modeling as well? No, I teach fitness. I don't teach modeling. I teach fitness and dance, um, but modeling, that's a good, I mean, like you said, you learned it on TikTok. So maybe that's a little new thing I could get into. Well, that actually leads to my next question. Uh, I didn't see you on TikTok and you're a dancer and I know dancing started on TikTok a little bit, but I feel like where are you at? I'm on there. You missed me. You must Did have I missed my, it? You must have spelled my last name wrong, Thomas. I am on <sighs> there. <laughs> and I have been on there since it was musically. Like I am a TikTok fan over here. Dang it. I was going to say, I must have spent, well, I'm a terrible speller. So yes, I'm going to chalk it up to me actually missing it. I'm but definitely if people, on there. Oh, That's what is okay. it? Well, 
what's your most popular video then? Oh, my on TikTok, uh, probably. Mm-hmm. Um, and is, is it a dance one? No, it's one. Okay. I do a lot about uh, like embracing your beauty and normalizing bald women on there. But it's I think it's one that I'm uh, sharing my story. It's like going through the pictures of when I had hair and then I was losing my hair. And then the end is when I was shooting for SI. So the kind of the whole roller coaster of what's happened the past couple of years. And it was, I think it's probably the most popular one. Um, yeah. And what is the, you said there, you know, you talk about your journey on TikTok. What would you say if somebody just met you today and just saw your page on TikTok, what would you want the message that they would take away from seeing your page? Um, to be yourself and to understand through and through, like to your core, that beauty is not about what you look like. It's who you are on the inside. It's what your heart is. It's what your intention is. It's what you're bringing to the world. That's beautiful. And to live your damn life. I hope that people see that and realize that you don't need hair to live the life that you want to live. And you can have a happy, fulfilled life um, by being yourself and following your dreams. Awesome. Well, Christy, it has been a pleasure. Where can we find you online? So Instagram, it's at Christy, C-H-R-I-S-T-I-E dot Valdeseri, V-A-L. I'm sure it'll come up once you type that in. And same thing on TikTok. Awesome. Yeah. And I'll make sure to get the spelling right just for you. Okay. And then I'll put those (laughs) links in the uh, podcast notes below. Sounds great. Thanks so much for having me, Thomas. I really appreciate you and the questions that you were asking me and giving me this opportunity to share my story. No, I, I seriously, when I saw that, well, first of all, you, you're friends with Abby, so you're already good peeps, but right. then I started to watch your stuff and I was like, wow, this chick is badass. Like yes. I got it. I got, I got to get her on here. So <laughs> thank you. And like I said, I seriously appreciate it. Oh, thanks Thomas. Have a great rest of your day. All right. You too. All right, that does it for today's episode. Thank you so much for listening. I really do appreciate it. And I would love your help. This podcast is brand new, so I need all the help I can get. If you would, just subscribe to the podcast, leave a five-star rating. I really, really would appreciate it. And last but not least, I got a little something for you. For the last 10 years, I have been writing, shooting, producing, editing my own video to get my dream job as an entertainment reporter in Los Angeles interviewing the stars. Now, that might not be your dream, but if you are in this industry and you are in this field, you are going to need to learn how to write, shoot, and edit, produce your own content. And now I want to personally train you on these skills so you can create your own journey and make money while doing so. So what I want you to do now is log on to Facebook and request to be in my private Facebook group, On Camera Professionals. Once again, it is called On Camera Professionals. But wait, Thomas, I really like your stuff. I really want to learn from you, but I don't want to be on camera. Don't worry. I got you covered. In this group, I'm going to be doing a live training, so that means live tips and tricks. I'm going to do giveaways, freebies, and I'm also going to do personalized training. So once again, log on to Facebook and type in On Camera Professionals, and I'll see you there.